Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast chronicling the journeys of me and my bro over here into game devdom. I'm Rhett. What's up, guys? I'm Taylor. So, we survived the Apoca Eclipse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, I, uh, I'm i not sure, but uh, we're, we're up here in the Pacific Northwest, for those of you following along who still have no idea. Um, Some people don't know where Oregon is either, so... Just so you know, it's between California and Washington. Yeah, one time I was in California, and where was I stopped at? Uh, I, I guess I had to have been like probably in Anaheim. Yeah, probably or somewhere around there because I was uh, going to Disneyland, mm-hmm. and we stopped in a, at a pl- at a place, and um, it was like my first time ever having like In and Out, and uh, the lady heard that she's like oh my god it's your first time having in and out and i said yeah and she's like well where are you from and i was like oregon and she's like oh where's that <laughs> it's like you fucking kidding me <laughs> i was like we're uh, california's hat yeah pretty much and she's like oh like by washington <laughs> yep that's it honey oh, right by man. washington <laughs> yeah it's astonishing like but I find it interesting in general how bad people are at geography. And, like, I like looking at maps. Yeah, Sometimes I, love I maps. look at maps just for fun. All the time. And uh, so I feel like I could identify every state on the map, you know, uh, which I think the majority by far of Americans could not do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I saw this. I don't know what it was, but I saw this article about people trying to identify where North Korea is. Yeah. It was amazing. Some people put it in Alaska. Some people put it in freaking Afghanistan. Some people put it in Europe. It was yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. So here's a challenge to you, listener. Find where North Korea is on a map without looking at you know, a labeled map and send it to us because it would be really (laughs) hilarious to know how many of you know where that is. And if you don't know, spend some time looking at some maps because maps are cool. Dude, they are. (laughs) I love maps. And in fact, actually, I was uh, I was working on one of my books and um, I uh, the whole like, I think, like opening leg of one of my books takes place in India, which I chose because when I started writing, I knew absolutely nothing about. Yeah. And I thought, hey, this will be fun. Anyways, it is fun, but at the same time, a lot of fucking work to learn about India when oh, you yeah, know dude. nothing about it. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, basically, there's some like Indiana Jones status shit happening. And um, some of my characters like want to pour over some maps and they got some prints of some old maps and shit. And I had to like look up like when the earliest like uh, what some of the oldest maps that like we, uh, you know, as a planet have of <laughs> India. Yeah. Um, and it's actually I think like one of the oldest ones available is like is from the Greeks in like the 14th century. Maybe. Oh, cool. Uh, 
But I was looking at that map. I was like, damn, this is like legit. Like, <laughs> I love looking at old maps, especially and comparing them. Well, and, and that's the thing that's super cool about maps in general. Like there's a story behind each of the map or like all, yeah. all maps, you know, and it's, it's never a static thing. These borders are all man-made. So it's never yeah. static. And, it, and so like, especially like looking at, you know, like, pre big events like pre world war 1 maps of europe yes. and, and the middle east Holy oh shit, my dude. god dude it Even was pre world so... war 2 yeah seriously it was so different and you can learn so much about about history and about why certain conflicts you know are are the way they are by looking yeah. at old maps like uh, dan carlin has this common sense episode about the rise of isis and he talks about basically how the Middle East was just like borders were redrawn after World War One by like basically the French, British, and Americans. Uh, yeah, and they basically took three cultures, like different people, and shoved them into one country, and they all hated each other. And that's modern yeah. day Iraq. <laughs> so yeah. you wonder why, like. Well, and he was talking about how Saddam Hussein like like kept Iraq together by being so brutal and and it was like because these three different cultures hated each other so much, it was almost like they needed this really strong figurehead, yeah. which is controversial. I'm not saying I agree with that completely, but it's an interesting idea. Well, it makes and sense in a way. Yeah, why not? So, his whole thing was basically that like ISIS um, came about because of it's like a result of this border drawing that we did back in the early 1900s. You know, like yeah. we removed Saddam Hussein, so okay, that hatred for the other cultures is still there, and now they're those three cultures are going to try to separate and tr and try to form their own nations. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's crazy. Maps are interesting. And I just pulled up a map. Yeah. You're talking about India. And it's crazy to think, like, you don't consider India and China to even be near each other. But did you know oh, they dude. freaking have a border next to each other? Like, most uh, people yes. don't think that. <laughs> well, I know. But I'm just saying, like, especially some of those countries, like, I find Eastern Europe to be interesting because I don't know much about many of the countries there. And then same with, like, the Middle East. If you actually go and, and look at where things are in the middle east it's crazy yeah. like you don't you don't hear a lot about some of these different countries like uh kyrgyzstan and tajikistan or whatever you know like and they're or my favorite azerbaijan right <laughs> they're all there you know or it's like back in i think 2012 or something when russia invaded georgia the country you know yeah that's right there in the middle east like near turkey and uh or i don't know would it even be considered middle east it's kind of, kind of yeah i mean i consider that like kind of middle east i mean but but there it is it's like right near iran yeah, basically about that but and i think that's like turkey is like where the middle east kind of begins yeah like almost right you know because because istanbul i mean i i always kind of judge the quote-unquote middle east by uh the romans and the capital of the eastern roman empire was right. um modern day istanbul right um yeah like the ottoman the doorway empire and everything to the... yeah exactly so yeah um yeah dude Anyways. it's interesting <laughs> uh i love maps 
And, I do too. Um, yes, so much so that uh, one of my books uh, that I've been working on for a few years, um, the I wanted to steal a common trope about like like you know a school like a special school like the most obvious is like Harry Potter, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and I wanted to like try my hand at this like special school business. Um, or, or like the Jedi, you know, they go to this, like the Jedi Academy anyways, uh, a special school for, um, quote unquote, I call them cartographers. Ooh. Um, yeah. And they're basically, uh, just like, I don't know, you know, my universe is like Jedi basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, because like the world is all fucked up and like, they have no idea where anything is. And so like the most, Elite, like specially trained people, are cartographers. <laughs> That's cool. I like yeah, that idea. Because, and they go out, uh, and they go out, and they, yeah, like basically, um, you know, think about uh, Ford Prefect from, uh, um, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide. Mm-hmm. He's uh, like writes for the encyclopedia, and his job is like fucking insanely dangerous. <laughs> yeah, That's like basically like the cartographers. That's super cool. Well, yeah, and, and think about so like, uh, you know, Back when the U.S. was was a newly founded country, the the people going on out into the frontier, like having to chart things, that was super yeah. dangerous. And they were all, you know, charting maps and obviously yeah. doing some pretty horrible things too. But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> spreading disease and pestilence and killing and raping people indiscriminately. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But but there you go. Like now we're here in Oregon. <laughs> Watching the eclipse. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, so boy. the eclipse. Um, yep. So we're right where California's hat, and we were one of the first places. We were the first place where the eclipse made landfall. Um, and I feel bad uh, because last week Taylor like super pitched to me the ninety nine percent totality, <laughs> um, and I bought it. And so I didn't bother like arguing or like pushing you guys to come up. <laughs> um, and I now know that you both lead incomplete lives <laughs> by one percent. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know what one percent lack of totality meant until I saw what totality was. <laughs> and uh, dude, I uh, yeah. People can write in and make fun of me if they want, but I straight up motherfucking cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so um, I had a different experience than you. I had to work. So in the library, there's like this break room on the third floor and there's these windows. And luckily, the uh, the sun had like this perfect spot sitting in those windows. So I took my laptop down sat at a, a table and just watched from there. And, you know, I had my eclipse glasses. I check on it every minute or two. And, uh, yeah, I was just kind of chill, like doing some work, watching the eclipse. And uh, it was really cool. But I texted you and several other people, too. <laughs> and you were like, dude, <laughs> you told me you cried. And I just started busting up laughing. Like, <laughs> Oh, thanks. <bro>. Like, <laughs> You, I don't know exactly what you said, but you made it sound like it was the most like amazing experience you'd ever had. And I was just kind of like um, looking up. Maybe maybe it's that one percent, but I was just kind of looking up, being like, "Wow, that's super cool." Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, no, dude, it it was. 
No. Um, dude, I was watching the Eclipse. I have my glasses on. And, I, I mean, the difference between totality and not, it's like somebody flipped a light switch. Dude, the, the sky fucking, like, lit purple and gold around this fucking moon. Like, I can't explain it. It, it, it was, like, one of the most profound fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> like... Well, you did say that the whole town of Silverton started cheering, so I guess that says something. Yeah. Dude, I, I know. As soon as, like, you're watching with your glasses on, and even with, like, that one little sliver, that one tiny little sliver, it's, like, blinding. Dude, I know. That it's was t- the weirdest thing. And then, that's and that's what I mean. It's absolutely blinding, and then all of a sudden, whoosh, there's a little flare, and all of a sudden, you can take your glasses off and you can see. And I mean, when I say it was like purple and gold around it, I'm not shitting you. And it was like, you look up and all you can see is this halo of magnificent light. You can see only the corona of the sun and it's pitch fucking blackout. And you look around at the horizon and it looks like it's fucking sunset in every direction. And it's cold but not only that, like, could, I, oh man, dude, it's it's just there's this fucking solid black object in the sky, surrounded by like silver and gold, like nested in this like purple field. It was like the most fucking. I, I wish that I could like no picture does it justice. That's the biggest problem. Like I was looking at people's pictures, and I'm 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 glad I didn't bother taking one. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Weeks ago, I was like, I'm going to commit to experiencing this, and I'm going to commit to like you know, printing this on my brain. And I didn't even like, I didn't even have to try. Like, I wish I could share with you my like mental image because people's pictures just don't do it justice. I mean, there are some great ones out there. Sure. I'll I'll give everybody that. There was one from NASA. Like, I think it was on the international space station where it was like above Oregon and, you know, you see like the curvature of the earth and everything. And then the, like the moon, eclipsing the sun it was that that that, yeah. that image was mind-blowingly amazing yeah <laughs> yeah um i don't know but yeah i i cried and then <laughs> afterwards i felt after like and i felt like incredibly uplifted during the whole thing like i couldn't stop smiling and then when it was over i was just like riding high for like quite a while but i i, I and i texted you this too and it's I mean, it's a little bit, um, uh, I don't know, uh, hyperbolic, I guess, but uh, hyperbolic. What the fuck? <laughs> Hyperbolic? Uh, I get, I, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't hyperbolic like mean oxygen? There, no, no, wait, hyper- I don't know. Well, like a hyperbola, right? Like I, I, I looked it up. Exa- exaggerated. Like relating okay. to a hyperbola. <laughs> yeah. Hyperbole? I, I don't know. Hyperbola <laughs> or, sounds or mathematic. like a fucking math term. <laughs> yeah, or mathematic. Having the same relation to a rectangular hyperbola as the unqualified function does to a circle. <laughs> oh, of course. How could I forget? <laughs> uh, anyway, it, it's a little hyperbolic, but uh, like I felt... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I felt uh, slightly like used 
a little bit, you know, like used and abandoned. Uh, I kept telling people like, I sort of felt like the universe had like a one night stand with me, like wined and dined me and like gave me the most mind blowing night of my life. And then when I woke up, like the universe was gone, but I was like, sort of like, he'll come back with coffee, <laughs> you know, like, uh, one of those sorts of situations. Oh, uh, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I honestly feel I mean, you don't know, you don't know because you didn't see totality, but I, like, when I saw that, my heart broke a little bit for, like, the people who set, like, because there's a bunch of people I talked to, they're like, well, I'll have 99% where I am. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, that'll probably be pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, so here's a question because me and Alia talked about this a little bit. You know, they said, like, millions of people were going to come to Oregon to watch the eclipse, which I'm not sure if yeah. that actually panned out or not. I know there were a lot I, of I people, f- but I think a lot of people got uh, scared off by the reports of yeah. the fucking apocalypse. happening. Yeah. Right. Um, but here's a question. Would you, if, if this were going to happen again in which it will, well, right. It will in Northern California. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, actually, Jason texted me the date. Uh, I don't know if this is good radio or not, but I'm looking it up. Um, so the fact that... 2045, Northern California. Oh, 2045, Fuck, all right, way. yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be alive. So are, assuming you're <laughs> you're going to be alive, uh, are you going to go see it? Yeah. All right. Yeah, and actually... Um, I was sort of thinking too, it'd be like really fun since like I really like traveling. It would be fun if uh to go hunt ever them down. there was a trip that I wanted to do yeah. that co that lined up with like where an an eclipse might happen. Yeah. Uh like I'd love to go do that. All right. You, um, well, you're answering my question cuz I was going to I was going to say would you travel to go see one? And then my next which you answered yes. My next question was going to be how far would you go? Yeah, I'd go anywhere one. in the whole world if if I could, wow. I, I would literally go anywhere to see that again. All right, that's good to know. Yeah, um, twenty forty five will be the next one that makes landfall on the west coast, uh, and it's in northern California, so not that far at all. But I think that there's, I mean, obviously there's more solar eclipses happening other places in the world. Yeah, I think before then. Um, yeah, I, I would, if I could, if it was within my means, I would go anywhere in the whole world. Wow. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the most like I, I I hate like equating things to like religious experiences, but it it was like like pretty like it was like nigh on religious in that sense, you know? It was like <laughs> it, I don't know. That, sounds stupid. No, whatever. No. There's only so many fucking ways I can say it on a goddamn <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. I just want to throw this out there too, because I thought this was like a a great quote. Uh, I'm trying to find it, but I'll, I'll, uh, summarize. Uh, I really liked, (laughs) and this ties into our game, our very first game jam, but I really liked the tweet that Neil deGrasse Tyson put out. Yeah. That was essentially, he said something like, odd, people trust the prediction that the 2017 North American eclipse is going to happen when the same tools of science are used to predict climate change. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, wow. Okay. So 
not only did we accurately predict that the eclipse was going to happen that day, we predicted the exact minute of totality and the path that it would travel along, right? Across the entire United States. Now we have another prediction that in 2045, that will be the next North American eclipse, right? And we already proved that, that our math works by this 2017 one. We probably proved it a long time ago before that. So that precision was determined by mathematics and science, right? <laughs> how how yeah. do we continue to doubt science? I mean, I'm not saying that science is always 100% correct because, you know, it's all hypothesized and you have to prove it, right? Well, <laughs> I will say this. I agree with... I agree with Neil Tyson there wholeheartedly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and I agree with every scientist sentiment that they're like, what the fuck? Like people literally banked their entire weekend driving to a place that a scientist told them yeah. like they could see an eclipse, right. but they won't recycle. They won't oh, buy fuel efficient cars. They won't use public transportation. Yeah. And uh, to me, it's like a bit of like a fallacious is that a word? Dude, you're all uh, about using these words today. <laughs> it's like a fallacious argument. Uh, because, like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, they both use science. <laughs> but, like, one is just, like, geometry and yeah. calculus. And then the other one is, like, yeah, like one is something science. that you can literally look into the fucking sky and measure yourself. Right. Like, fucking... Newton mm-hmm. could have predicted this fucking eclipse 300 years ago or whenever the fuck he lived. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm I'm not equating the the sciences. I know, but, but he, but he, it sounds like it Neil does, Tyson is. It does sound like that, but the the point is the same. Like, yes, you, I conceded that at the beginning. <laughs> no, I, I said I agree wholeheartedly. No, I, I just think that it's like he wants everybody to be scientifically literate, yeah. and then he says something that is like not. Like it, it, it's like sort of not preying upon, but it's sort of expounding upon Exploiting. people's like scientific illiteracy. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's true. I I agree with like you. On one that. one you can't see unless you have the tools. Yeah. I mean, you know, we can go out and measure things with thermometers and and you know take detailed statistics every year. The other one you can look at the fucking sky. Well, and measure there. Like it is, but climate change is measurable. In some ways, right? No, that's what I said. Oh, okay. That's what oh, I said. Okay. You can you can go outside with your thermometer and you can take detailed readings year in and year out. Yeah, and look all at that the polar ice caps. Like, look at right, how right. how rainfall has changed in certain places. Like, Texas is going to get even hammered that aside, here this weekend. Like, yeah. Even that aside, like, climate change, it's like a global effort, right? Yeah. Like, we need people yeah. to be able to take pictures of the ice cap. Right. Like, we need... Uh, we need uh, people from all over the, the globe to report in on their average rainfall and their average snowpack and their average uh, heat and all this sort of stuff. Like it's a it's a global effort. Right. But finding an eclipse, like theoretically, like I said, I mean, it's I, I could totally be wrong about this, but I, I'm like 99 percent sure like Isaac Newton could have looked up in the sky. And after figuring out all the shit that he did and the paths of the planets and all the stuff like oh yeah dude all you got to do is plug in the formula and figure out like when and where yeah. you know what i mean like 
Yeah. Well, if you know the size of the Earth and know all these things, like done deal. I mean, didn't didn't Newton come up with like the three universal laws of motion or whatever? Like back in yeah. the 1600s, and also invented <laughs> yeah. calculus. <laughs> yeah, he invented calculus when he was younger than we are. Ugh. Doesn't that hurt you a yeah. little bit? Like, God. he's like the tools that I need to uh, further uh, establish the universe don't exist. <laughs> so let me invent this math. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! And now, and now, look at us—we're using calculus in game development. <laughs> Yeah, you might be. Well, I never have. I mean, we're, oh, I guess we're not explicitly doing it. That's we're uh, we're using engines and stuff that have done it for us to do it. Like, like yeah. how amazing is say. it in Unity that we don't have to like design the physics engine? It's just like, all right, add this yeah. rigid body and and check the box that says gravity. <laughs> uh, I had so just speaking of science, I had this. So Ali and I the other night were looking at um, this kind of an endangered species list, which, by the way, like there's a lot you should do, but also you shouldn't because you're gonna get really sad. <laughs> yeah. So I was really curious uh, to know the populations of different animals on <laughs> Earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so I looked up a couple things. One of them was most populous mammals on earth which was interesting can you guess who's number one human beings oh yeah by far so i'm looking at this article that is is from 2016 so it's a little bit out of date but at the time humans had around 7.3 billion what do you think the uh the next highest would be dogs it's a good guess but dogs are actually seventh with 425 million. That's domestic dogs. So it's probably cats and house cats. Cats are six, 625 million. <sighs> okay, bats. Bats. Bat. No, bats aren't even on here. What? Yeah, dude. Fuck off list. <laughs> you, so it makes sense. Rats there, there are 7.3 billion people. So the things that they eat most that are mammals are next, right? <laughs> Because oh, really? yeah. cows, Cow, cows are next with 1.5 billion. Sheep are next three uh, with 1.1 billion and pigs with 1 billion. Then goats, 860 million. And finally, our pets. So pretty much the top seven are all because of humans. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like humans have the most amount or the apparently the smartest, whatever, mammals. I don't know if that's I mean, true. but Yeah. Uh, but we've manipulated our environment to make food that we can live off of. So we have all of our cattle and everything. Yeah. It's almost a little bit more pets. savage when you think about it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Like, we're the fucking orcs, uh, you know, just like <laughs> like chopping down forests dude, and like... Seriously. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing, too, is so I just looked at the whole top 10 list. And the only one that I would say is... Well, actually... Maybe not. Everything in the top 10 is all domesticated because, or, well, to some extent. Uh, so after seven is dogs, you have eight, which is tame water buffalo. So tame, I guess they're saying that what? they're domesticated water buffalo in Southeast Asia that they like hunt and stuff, apparently. Then horses okay. and then donkeys. So all of those things are things that humans have like 
ma- not made, huh. but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's by our design. Yeah. We're artificially selecting species basically and making them wow, more populous so that we can use them. <laughs> uh but the interesting thing was I looked at just in general most populous animals or species i guess uh discounting plants did you know that there are only 10 billion ants on earth we're we're only like two and a half billion people less than the number of freaking ants on earth (laughs) is that true that's i would have thought there was way more i would have too but uh I, I'm pretty sure I got it off of Wikipedia. I should find these and, and link to them. But yeah, dude. So the most populous thing that they had listed was bacteria, which was like 4 trillion, which, I mean, okay. who knows how accurate that Thanks, is. Thanks, Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. But then but then it was like ants and then, um, oh, what was it? It was basically like ants, something else, and then humans. <laughs> so... Like, it's just crazy to think. Like, I, I was saying to Alia that our cats, our two cats, are 17 times more rare than we are. <laughs> right? For every cat in the world, there are 17 people. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like, people always say, like, uh, what do they say? Like, breed like rabbits or whatever. Yeah. Rabbits aren't even on this list. So really, right. it should be breed like humans, because we don't stop. Well, yeah, but rabbits die a lot, too. That's probably true. Yeah, it's it's because we live so much longer. But yeah, dude. Yeah. Just... Well, it's interesting. And then there's like some, like, um, yeah, rabbits are one. I think that, I think they reproduce more, like the more that their like habitat is endangered. Uh-huh. They're like coyotes. I-, I could be wrong about that, but I think they're like coyotes, where coyotes when you go out and hunt coyotes, there's like a gene inside them that like flips a switch. And when their population starts dwindling, their habitat is threatened. They start reproducing more. Oh, wow. So I think it was like a hundred years ago or like, you know, between a hundred and 200 years ago, they were like hunt and kill all the coyotes in the West. And they tried, yeah, but they didn't get them all. And now there's more coyotes than there ever was (laughs) because Uh, of this. Yeah. Um, which is just crazy to think about. Yeah. Well, and look at that. That was all influenced by humans. <laughs> yeah. There's so and then much. The same dude. thing. Like, it, it's always weird. And see, this brings up a lot of like debates, um, because I I used to be like you know kind of against hunting uh, in a way, um, because I thought it was just like I don't know. I didn't. Oh, we don't need really to hunt it. anymore. I mean, most right, people... we don't need to. Yeah. They don't need to, but see, uh, what's interesting is like, I, I've sort of come to the conclusion that like hunting is like more ethical if you want to eat meat yeah, than, than going through going the... To the grocery store. Yeah. I, I, um, I would agree with that. And what's interesting is like a lot of people are like, well, it's like, why are you killing all the deer? And it's like, well, the fucking deer are like overpopulated mm-hmm. and the, these like huge populations of deer are like ruining other ecosystems mm-hmm. <laughs> and What's more is you can't even plant a garden in your backyard in Silverton without the motherfucking deer coming right. and eating your fucking strawberries <laughs> or your eggplant or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that we should be able to shoot deer in the middle of town, right. but there's a case to be made that like, 
they're kind of a pest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. we used to shoot wolves for a lot less than that. Yeah. Um, well, so I had a, I don't know. So I had a professor in college who was talking about this, and he grew up in like rural Montana, and he. Um, he was my one of my film professors, uh, actually my advisor for my degree, and uh, we watched all kinds of movies in his, cl- in his classes. One of the movies I watched was uh, what was it called? It was basically this movie shot that was showing how like butchery works. <laughs> oh jeez! It was so brutal. Like it was it was shot in the forties in France, and like yeah. It, it showed them like butchering a horse and like yeah. what they do with like cows and pigs and like what different jobs were. And it was crazy. Like I had a really rough time watching it and that was before I was like vegetarian or anything, but he was, yeah. he, so we were talking about this movie and he was basically saying that same thing that he thinks people who do eat meat should have to butcher their food because I agree the fact that you are like committing the act you know you're killing this creature you're butchering it you're you know cleaning it cooking it everything it makes you have basically more respect for the whole process right yeah whereas now like you go to McDonald's you don't even know what kind of meat you're eating or whatever right yeah in like, the uk it's horse meat yeah, <laughs> right like you're just so disconnected that you never have to think about it but if you are presented with the um the option of okay so you want that that hamburger go ahead and kill bessie and uh yeah. butcher her and uh you know <laughs> well i always tell people you know because a lot of people argue with me about the hunting thing and and that's fine. Like everybody's allowed to have their own opinion. It's not even necessarily something that I like will vehemently defend. Um, but a lot of times, uh, the reason that they're so against hunting is just because of the the gun argument. And uh, you know that's totally fine. You don't have to be for guns. But you, you like, mean like I always uh, say, like, well, it's not really fair because you just have a gun. Like anyone could shoot. No, an as animal, in, or like as what? In they just. They don't like guns. As mean? in they just don't like guns and they don't want people right. to have them. Okay. Um, and um, and I always say like, well, this is two part. Like what's more ethical? Raising a animal in captivity and force feeding it and making it fucking huge and putting it on a conveyor belt to go through a freaking machine that then pulls out your flank stakes <laughs> or having to go out into the wild into this creature's home and shooting it and killing it and theoretically in such a way that it dies instantly and doesn't feel any pain. Right. You know, like theoretically, like your best shot is to get it through both the lungs and maybe even the heart and it should die like very quickly. (laughs) You know, like this thing is dies in its home. Like how would you want to go Taylor? Right. In a weird (laughs) cold industrial setting or in your home <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i um i definitely agree with you and like so i i was editing some of our podcasts this week to to get it all ready and scheduled for japan and we talked about the movie okja you know and right yeah and this that movie really ties into this um yeah it this does. discussion i haven't seen it yet but you should watch it 
Uh, it's not. Yeah, I've been meaning to. It's not about like the whole hunting thing we're talking about, but like the way no, that. No, but like factory farming yeah, stuff. The way that they depict the the farms for these like super pigs, it, it reminds you of the Holocaust, right? Oh and, yeah. And you know that there are factories out in the world where the animals are just not treated well at all, right? Or yeah. like, or you see those things about those people who their job is like chickens go down, like baby chickens go down a little conveyor belt and they look at the sex of the chicken. And then if it's a male, they throw it right, right down the conveyor belt that goes into the meat grinder. And then the other one, you know, goes on to, to raise them to make eggs and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, and then they live in a cage their whole life. And like, like either, either option is brutal. Right. Like, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know, vegan or even vegetarian for that matter. But uh, it's just always amazing to me. Like people want to make the ethical argument against hunting yet. It's just, it (laughs) it seems to be the most ethical choice. Like, I don't know. Well, unless you're talking about big game hunting and then screw those people. No, no, no. I don't (laughs) believe in trophy hunting at all. Trophy hunting is fucked up. That's why I I, I won't go to uh, Jimmy John's anymore. Like when the, when that dude was caught like luring out a lion and killing it, like screw that guy. Who who is this guy? The CEO of Jimmy John's, like two years ago. Um, oh. He was, you know, there was like this dentist guy that got yeah, in yeah. big trouble for doing some big Who game hunting. Cecil? Yeah, Cecil. <laughs> Around that same time, the CEO of somebody had mentioned that the CEO of Jimmy John's does the same thing basically oh. i mean it might be le- he does it legally but either way dude like if you do that like i hope your establishment rots like well go bankrupt dude <laughs> there's an interesting case to be made there as well i disagree with trophy hunting um but and i could be wrong about cecil but there was like one of these cases where a lot of people got up in arms yeah it was the dentist fact, one like, with cecil they yeah he did it legally well and what? Yeah, I I can't remember off the top of my head. I thought the, that he was actually the, he did it illegally. Yeah. Well. Okay. Either way, there was one there was one case where everybody got up in arms, and this guy had done it legally. He paid a lot of money, or maybe it was like the black rhino one or something. No. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the rhino. Whoever killed the like black rhino. Anyway, he did it legally. He paid the exorbitant sums of money that went into further. Uh, protecting uh, wildlife in this area, uh, went into the infrastructure of this area. And also uh, the rhino or the animal, I don't remember what it was, but that he shot and killed was A, uh, too old to reproduce, and B, was actually um, hurting, like fighting and hurting young males who were of reproduction age. Hmm. So it was actually like harming this endangered species. And that's why this like wildlife reserve auctioned off this hunt basically. And then all of the meat from the animal went to like a nearby village where every single scrap of this meat was used. And of course, all of my information is secondhand. Like I wasn't there, (laughs) but if like, if all of that is true, then like that seems like pretty reasonable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I'd have to, but if you're poaching, (laughs) if you're poaching or even, 
legally hunting animals that are of reproduction age and should be like doing other stuff just for trophies like you're pretty fucking stupid yeah in <laughs> my know? opinion they're the scum of the earth yeah but... um anyways yeah wow dude we went down a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah fuck. it's been fun though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever uh see that picture of that guy who killed that cheetah with his bare hands no what <laughs> yeah this guy um god he uh, he was in um let me just look it up and i'll read you his quote <laughs> like this dude does because big game hunting just but like, he chooses to use his fists <laughs> his name is carl ackley oh my god i gotta send you the picture too because you're just like dude um okay so here you go here's the link for the web page Anyway, his name's Carl Akeley or Ackley. Oh. And he's pictured there with a cheetah and he's got his arm in a sling and a hand in like a cast. And he's hanging this cheetah upside down. And his quote, I felt no pain, but I certainly never thought for a moment that I would come out alive. I was rather calm, as a matter of fact, except for a tremendous and wildly pleasant thrill I felt knowing that I was battling for my life. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, what? <laughs> uh, okay, by the way, this is old. It's like from the early 1900s or something. Yeah. So yeah. did he did he seek this? Like he wanted to go out and kill something with his bare hands? Or was it like he accidentally, or like he was attacked by a cheetah and then he like saved himself? Um. Yeah, I think he was attacked. I don't remember the story and it might be on here. But um, a freaking cheetah pounced him, and I'm pretty sure he strangled it. Damn. <laughs> um, it freaking pounced on him, and it was like, you know, doing the, like, kitty, like, back foot, like, kick, you know, and he freaking grabbed it, and he started just, like, strangling it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Like, how else do you fight a cheetah, dude? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah, it looks like, looks like it was a, a leopard. He also, you know, killed a fucking leopard with his bare hands as it was in the process of devouring him. Drank beers oh, with Teddy Roosevelt. Survived having his chest cavity stomped inside out by an elephant. Passed through a crocodile-infested river by riding a dead animal as a raft. Had a pet monkey named JT Jr. And survived being charged on by three rhinos at the same time. And he did it all in the name of science and education and being totally fucking awesome whenever possible. <laughs> That was this sentence from this uh, badassoftheweek.com. <laughs> so I wonder where he was if it was a leopard, because I thought he was in Africa, but I don't think there are leopards in Africa. Dang, dude. Yeah, I don't know. Guy's crazy. I mean, there might be, I guess. There's leopards in fucking... Or no, those are jaguars. So maybe leopards are like Asia? I, th- I don't I th- know. Yeah, I don't know. I thought leopards were South America. Uh, jaguar. Ja- yeah, I knew jaguars were, but I thought leopards were too, but it sounds like maybe Africa. One of the uh, people I spent a lot of time with when I was in Guatemala was a jaguar biologist. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, she, uh, she like, had trail cam footage of uh, jaguars that she was, like, tracking, and she was the first one to get confirmation of, like, these cheetahs, and so she was allowed by the locals to name them. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. So she she got to name two jaguars, one named El Jefe and one named El Corazon. 
That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, it is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Oh, um, man, yeah. So what about game dev? <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't done any. So I uh, so I was able to uh, put Castle Master Faster Blaster, our game, uh, onto my phone uh, and play it, which was cool. So all of the, the methods that we used uh, for the game jam, basically they, they use mouse clicks, mouse inputs, and it just translates over to mobile, which is super cool. Um, I didn't change anything about the game. I just um, basically installed the Android SDK and uh, the Java JDK, which are required to be able to actually export a, uh, an APK over to Android. And uh, I got that working and then just pushed it over to my phone and it just works, uh, <laughs> which is super cool. Uh, so I have it on my phone. I did see some little bugs. Like there's this one bug where, uh, every once in a while rounds just don't spawn. So I'll have to look at that. And then also the, uh, cannon, the cannon on a phone, like normally you click the cannon and, and drag up or down to adjust the arc of it. But, uh, on a phone, it's kind of small. So like sometimes you, you, put your finger on the phone and it like misses the cannon by a little bit. And so I was thinking what we could do is just put some sort of like layover on top of the cannon. That's a little bit bigger. So your fingers have a bigger place to touch and then you can adjust that. But yeah, I think um, when we get back from Japan, uh, I'll want to try and fix that so we can uh, actually get it up on an app store. So that that was nice. that was something I did this week for game dev. I also started um, the bowl master section of our Udemy course, uh, which is pretty cool. It's the first 3D project uh, I've really ever done, um, and it's the first one in the the course itself. And uh, it's also going to target mobile. And basically, you just have a bowling lane, and you have a ball that you swipe, and it throws the ball at the pins and knocks them down and does some cool kind of camera stuff. Like one part that really just made me super excited is the, the main camera is like kind of normally where a person would be standing when they're bowling. But then there's this other camera that's like above the pins and it shows kind of this little top down view as part of the, the main screen. So you can watch like your ball roll and then it, you can watch them hit the pins from the top view, which is pretty cool. Um, so I've been working on that a bit and then also, um, at work, I've been doing some virtual reality stuff. So I, uh, started making this, uh, little virtual reality game using Google or GVR, which is basically Google's Google cardboards, like API or whatever that works for unity. And that was cool. I ended up, uh, messing around with terrain a little bit inside of unity. And that is super cool, dude. Like you basically just drop down this this plane in Unity called Terrain, and then the component in Unity has all these options for manipulating the terrain, and you can just like you know click on different brushes, kind of like you would in like Photoshop or whatever, and then you click on the plane and just kind of like move your mouse up and down, and it'll make like uh, landscape and stuff. And then there's also like foliage you can create, and it 
like automatically has wind that will blow through the foliage and dude so cool it made it made making landscape seem like it could be pretty easy so i did that with this uh little vr game that i've been working on and and pushed that to my phone too and it's just like dang dude this is awesome so i'm getting excited actually about 3d stuff for unity so be kind of cool to uh learn blender or something to try and help us maybe make some assets for 3d but nice yeah um last night i also hung out on stream with a couple of our friends rockzom had his stream up i was on there a little bit um dude and at one point do you know uh do you know hardly difficult he's another twitch streamer that does unity stuff yeah uh he dude that guy's like big name unity developer streamer guy and uh Watched his stream for a little bit yesterday. He was doing some AI pathfinding stuff, which was cool. But then I was on Rockzom's stream and hardly difficult host like hosted Rockzom in the middle of it and like a hundred and forty people came over from Hardly Difficult stream to Rockzom's stream. It was it was <laughs> crazy, dude. I love that about Twitch though, like the community like they want to help each other mm-hmm. out so they'll be like all right let's go and raid somebody and then they host yeah. you know a smaller streamer or something so cool i like that um and then uh our buddy manbeard games who we've talked about before he's releasing a game i believe it's called ophidian which is kind of this um extended yeah. snake game it looks badass yeah. yeah i was looking at his uh like screen cat or his like a gif of it. it looks so cool yeah it's it looks super fun and he has like i don't know over a hundred levels that he's making that have like all different kinds of ways to play snake that are interesting um but he's releasing his game ophidian on uh steam soon i think sometime next month and uh so he said he was streaming yesterday. I hopped on his stream and uh, he said that he'll be streaming pretty much every day now until the release. So I hung out on stream with him and that was a lot of fun. Just watching, watching his process and seeing his game be built. So um, this probably will come out after his game is released. So um, look out for Ophidian on, on steam. I think it's O P H I D I A N. Yeah, and then the the other thing is Krasenstein, who is also a, a pretty awesome streamer, um, is releasing his game Nightfall, I believe, on Twitch or on uh, on Steam, uh, coming up in the next couple of months, and uh, he is doing beta testing soon. So, really wanted to sign up for his beta testing, but um, I believe it's starting soon when we'll be in Japan, and I don't know. I don't think being away because he he basically to beta test you got to play through it a lot and I just don't think I could commit to it unfortunately. But you guys should uh, check out Krasenstein his his game Nightfall looks pretty cool it's like a 2D roguelike kind of game I think uh, should be fun. So that was Sweet. pretty much my week with game dev other than uh, I edited four podcasts so that we could have them released while we're gone in Japan, which is coming up next week. Dude, I know. What the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so you guys should be 
just having a consistent stream of game devs quests while we're gone, which is cool. Yeah. Um, dude. Also, I know I've been jabbering here. Uh, Age of Empires HD or Four. H- <laughs> yeah. Well, f- I was gonna say that. So, Age of Empires uh, Definitive Edition for the first one is coming out in October, and they had this kind of like live stream of an Age of Empires event at some games convention. And so they were talking all about Age of Empires Definitive Definitive Edition. And then at the end of the night, they released that they're going to do a Definitive Edition for every Age of Empires so far, which is crazy. But then they dropped the bombshell that Age of Empires 4 is going to be coming out sometime next year. And, dude, I am just jazzed. That's going to be so cool. I really want to... made me really want to play some Age of Empires like nice yeah so we'll have to we'll have to pick that up and play it boy yeah that's about it for for game dev stuff this week (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) and 10 minutes of our so far 50 minute podcast 10 minutes of game dev uh in our our podcast about game dev Hey, you know what, guys? Life happens. Yeah. So. And, you know, I, I'm beginning to think that this podcast is as much about just, like, hanging out and, and talking and catching up as buddies as it is about <laughs> game dev, you know, which is totally fine. Yeah, for sure. It's fun. Yeah. And I think the episodes yeah. are getting better, too, which is cool. Like, uh, when I was editing all of those episodes, like, some of our older episodes, <laughs> I'm not saying they're bad or anything, but, like... They just didn't have the pop that they have now. And uh, listening to these ones, like last night, the last episode I edited was our statistics episode. Yeah. And that episode was freaking awesome. (laughs) Uh, And I was confused yesterday because I didn't realize that that was the one we we did before we recorded with Rockzom. So we just had the one audio track. And so like normally we have to import in multiple audio tracks into audacity and edit them separately and compress them and all that kind of stuff um but this one was just one so i literally just listened to the whole podcast and made like a couple minor (laughs) edits but i was just like dang this is is cool this is fun uh yeah it's way easier yeah that's uh yeah that's why i like recording like face to face yeah uh, because it's just one track. Yeah, dude. And, uh, you know, you get more energy, like, when you're in the same room. And uh, and then, yeah, it's really easy. Yeah. You just, like, remove the white noise. <laughs> right. And, like, it's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, got to the point with mine and Kane's other podcast where I, like, never cut anything. <laughs> like, unless there was something, like, really bad, I'd, like, note it while we were podcasting. Yeah. But I, like, wouldn't even cut anything. Just remove white noise, compress it, make sure everything was good, and nice. send it up. Like, done deal. Well, there's probably a lot less... Um just like empty space too right if you're like face to face at least i it seems yeah. like it would be like like as i was editing i was noticing that me especially like when i'm when i'm talking about something and i'm just like thinking about it i'll have these little pauses where i pause for like eight to ten seconds like without saying anything and you're probably just sitting there like waiting for what i'm about to say (laughs) so i would you do that even not in podcasts yeah you'll like start a thought and you'll be like i need to go find that (laughs) 
key. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I'm like, what the hell, <laughs> dude? Like, you did that like a billion times the other night when you were Skyping with me and uh, uh, Bailey. Really? Bailey was like, is he still there? <laughs> <laughs> dude, I don't even notice that I do that. Yeah. It's funny. It's endearing. Weird. It's not bad. It's one of the things that makes you you, bro. I guess. I'm just searching for the right word. And and actually, I probably am searching for the right word and then don't find it. So then I say whatever is like the simplest thing next. <laughs> I I often think that you're trying to find the right word while also thinking about what to say next. Probably. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I often think that. No, uh, I should just say it seems like that's what's happening in my mind yeah. when you're doing that. It's like it's like you're trying to finish your last thought while forming your next. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, oh, what's he going to (laughs) say? Dang, dude. Yeah. Something I don't notice. Well, and I think that I've heard this from a bunch of people that maybe maybe it depends on what I'm talking about and who I'm talking to. But I've heard from a lot of people that I speak very slowly. Um, Yeah. And I was I was thinking about this, too, uh, because. Like with my japanese friends for instance when they were in the us yeah. it was it's interesting because like a lot of times they would i would be around them while they're talking to some other like english speaker and they would like hear something from another english speaker and then you could kind of tell they were trying to process it and but they didn't know exactly what what they heard and so then they kind of just like look at me and then I and then I like say almost the same thing, but maybe it's because of like my cadence or something that it makes it easier to yeah. understand. I don't know. Th- this actually happened to you and me one time when I went to dinner with you in Utah. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to dinner at uh, Lemien's, and it was funny. I I don't even remember what we were talking about, but yeah, somehow it had come up. And he had said that you were really easy to follow because you speak slowly. Oh. And I was really difficult to follow because I talk really fast. <laughs> I, I don't remember actually, this at that all. That was like the first time I'd ever been. What? I don't remember this at all. I don't even remember going to Lumbian with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys came over to my apartment and we listened. Like Monster Addict had just put out like their album. We like listened to the whole album almost. Oh, really? <laughs> and uh yeah, and you were like, "Damn, dude! Like, listen to those drums. That's metal as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> like, and YouTube was like really into it. Oh yeah. And then afterwards, it was like, "Hey, let's go eat Chinese food." And we went to Lum Yen's in Portland. Cool. Nice. And that's when he, yeah, it was like the first time it ever been brought to my attention. Yeah. So um, I always try to focus on when I'm talking to someone that uh, like English is not their first language, and they're like maybe not as confident. I d- I don't try to like. Yeah, you don't like you're not you know, like speaking in a way that sounds like they're dumb or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, like I'm not trying to like you don't condescend, be condescend to them or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But I do just focus a little bit more on slowing down and removing the ums and the likes and right. things like that. Yeah. Um which I noticed helps a lot yeah. when I'm speaking with people like that. Yeah. Uh, so well, we're going to need that a lot when we're in Japan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude. Yeah, I was oh, like... Dude, I'm so stoked. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah. God, that was like all I was thinking about. And and that's part of the reason why I didn't do as much game dev stuff is because like 
uh, what day was it? Monday or Tuesday? I like plotted every one of the train lines that we should go on <laughs> when we're there, which is like a ton, by the way. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so I was doing that. I was stressing about things a little bit. And but by the way, dude, like you probably already know this, but I downloaded the the Google Translate app. Oh yeah. my god, that's gonna come in so handy. Like. Not yeah. only you just type in what you what you want to say and it comes up, but also have you used their picture reader feature? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god. We were watching. Yeah, it's uh, really useful. Or actually, so the Japan Rail Pass, you know, Alia. Uh, no, I don't know what that is. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. God. Uh, Alia brought in the paper that shows like the instructions and and one side is in Japanese, so she holds up the paper, which is like hundreds of words in japanese and she puts her phone over it with the camera looking at it and it took quite a while because it was like translating every single word on that page into english but it did it it was like it made it readable like you just hold your phone over at the camera and then it looks at each of the symbols and then it like basically maps a picture of english on top of whatever you're looking at. It's like the best kind of AR. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so I was just blown away because I think in one of our episodes when we're talking about virtual reality and, and art, uh, artificial reality, or wait, artificial reality? What is it? What is AR? Augmented, augmented reality. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, when we're talking about augmented reality, I think we even mentioned an app that could do that. And here it is in my hands, like doing it. <laughs> so I'm stoked for that. It actually made me feel much more at ease about, like, I felt like I was going to need to know the Japanese language, you know, and now I can just use that. <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. That was really helpful when we were in Guatemala a couple times. Nice. Having the Spanish one. Oh, yeah, for real. So anyways, uh, we will be in Japan for two weeks starting next Wednesday, which is insane. Uh, so that's where we'll be, but you guys won't hear this until we're back. So I hope you guys enjoy the podcast we release while we're gone. I think we'll try to stay a little bit active on our social media, but no promises. And uh, maybe if we get to a point where it's suitable to record something, can, uh, you know, do a little recording in Japan. We'll see. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will see. All right. Well, I think that's about all we got time for today. So uh, you guys can check us out on Twitter at GameDevsQuest, on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash GameDevsQuest. Email us at gdq at airpodcast.com. What is it? Facebook.com forward slash airpodcast. Is that what it is? Yep. Perfect. Forward slash share podcast, yeah. And uh, don't forget to 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 subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel inclined to do so, give us a rate and review. We appreciate that. Otherwise, I uh, hope you guys have a good week, and we will catch you on the flip side. Boom. Cue that music. Yeah.